0: If we're being real, it's getting hot in here. Volcano ready to erupt. That's a good one. All right. Thank you. That's right. It's Hot Take Tuesday. Let's go.
1: Why don't you start us off today?
0: Gotcha. Man, I thought you were going first. All right. Um, my hot take today is that... Dude, that's my hot take too. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Is that big men in the NBA are underrated. Now, it's not exactly what you might think. I'm saying that the big man position, what the big man position used to be, is underrated. Not the big man position of today. Power forwards and centers nowadays, they have no idea what to do in the post except for a select few. Whether it's offense or defense, they have no idea what to do. They're not even practicing it, it seems like, because they get in the post, they look clueless. Today's big men can protect the rim from people driving in, get lobs thrown to them, rebounds, and they have to be able to play a little bit of perimeter defense. That's it. They don't know how to do post defense. They don't know how to do post offense. And when you get into the playoffs, some of the best players in this year's playoffs are using post moves, and the other teams don't know what to do about it.
1: I would love to disagree with you, but I can't because you are 100% right. Takes me back to the days of Shaq, Diesel, Absolutely destroying down low. Where are those big men
0: anymore? Seriously, think about the guys that are doing the best in the playoffs this year. Yeah, you got some forwards, maybe a guard or two. But the three that stand out, Nikola Jokic, Joel Embiid, and Anthony Davis. Now, I know Joel Embiid started to struggle at the end of the Celtics series. But guess what? He isn't healthy. He probably needs surgery. And the other two, Jokic and Davis... They are obliterating people in the post. Nobody can handle it. Everybody goes small ball nowadays. And guess what? When you got one of those guys down there, they're just bullying their way through. Nobody can stop them. They look absolutely dominant on the floor. And if you can have somebody that can do a little bit of perimeter defense, just be able to move his feet a little bit, not to get exposed all the time, and be that dominant offensively, Man, that is a huge thing in today's NBA because, again, who's going to stop them? The little 6'7 dude that you got out there as your center? I don't think so. It's not even about the short centers. It's
1: literally about the guys who are built to be centers who are massive and they still don't know how to do post moves. Guess who comes to mind? Carl Anthony Towns, Rudy Gobert.
0: And guess what? At least Rudy Gobert, he gets played off the court because he can't do anything offensively.
1: Yeah, and Carl Anthony Towns tries in the post, but it's not like he's a good post player. Even put a power forward on him. They're still going to end up bullying him.
0: And if you remember, we talked about the Timberwolves a little bit ago against the Nuggets, and we were saying the Nuggets didn't have a center out there, and Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns couldn't do a thing in the post. It was pathetic. Now, we're not saying don't have them be somewhat more modern-day centers. Yeah, they need to be able to shoot. They need to be able to hit threes, stuff like that, right? But... You also need to have a post game because look at how dominant these guys have been. Can you imagine your favorite team having somebody even remotely close to as dominant as they are in the post? Your team would be amazing. Think of the contenders. Warriors, if they had somebody that could do that, guess what? All of a sudden, you can compete against the Lakers with Anthony Davis when they're dominating in the paint. Think of all the teams in the playoffs. If they had a center that could do that, they would be dominant. Now, we're not saying they do have to be as good as Jokic. Embiid, Anthony Davis, right? But be somewhat similar to that. Be able to dominate when you get mismatches, stuff like that. Do something, and all of a sudden, you have a guy out there who's really good.
1: You know, we're talking about playoff people, but throw Brook Lopez into the mix too, because he's a guy that can do it all. And he's not one of the guys who's on the top of the MVP list every year, like Jokic, like Embiid. Now, obviously, those guys are specific talents that only come around every couple of Decades, even just because they're so talented. But exactly what you're saying is get some people to learn these moves. We're not talking about that they have to completely change the style of play. They just need to add a couple more moves and post moves and post defense into their arsenal. Then they can capitalize when they actually need to.
0: And actually, that's a great point. I'm really glad that you brought up Brooke Lopez because he's actually exactly the type of player I'm talking about somebody who plays defense somebody that can hit threes, and somebody that knows how to do post moves. Guess what? When Giannis went down this year in the playoffs, he had a couple big games for the Bucks, and that's exactly the type of player every team should be looking for. Somebody who could do that. Maybe not somebody that's a superstar like the Jokic's and Beads and Anthony Davis's, but somebody like that that you can rely on every now and then to do something really good for you because nobody knows how to stop it anymore.
1: Yeah, pick up a solid number two or even a number three guy who's a solid role player who can play post, can play post defense, has that added to his arsenal so that when mismatches come, because it's gonna happen when they're doubling up on your number one guy, number two guys, stuff happens, screens happen, obviously there's gonna be changes in defense. At some point, you're gonna have a big man with a mismatch and if you can capitalize every single time that happens, that's good for
0: 10 buckets a game. I mean, that's going to happen a lot. Exactly. And honestly, you can thank Curry and the Warriors for this problem. They started doing this whole chuck up a ton of threes. Then the analytics said, guess what? That works. So now everybody goes away from it. All of you young big men out there trying to get your way into a college or pro ball, learn some post moves. Still learn the other things, but learn some post moves. And honestly, that'll help you out a ton in our opinion because, again, Look at these mismatches that these guys, Jokic, Embiid, Anthony Davis, and even Lopez this year, look what they did. Somebody's going to want that on their team, and you're going to be a good contributing factor on those teams. You're absolutely right. Bottom line is, big men, learn a little bit of post-defense. Learn a little bit of post-offense. You will be a lot of help to your team if you can do that, because in today's NBA, they're going away from it, and you will be able to take advantage of that type of thing. No argument
1: here. All right, let's move on. Here's my hot take for the day. I am convinced that the MLB hates fun. I thought that was supposed to be the NFL. Weren't they the No Fun League? Not anymore. That would be the ML to the B. So have you heard about all the stuff going on with National Anthem? It's a thing that's been going on in MLB for a long time. No, I'm not talking about Neyland. I'm talking about post-National Anthem antics.
0: I actually haven't heard about it.
1: All right, so story time before I really start lighting up this hot take. Essentially, in the MLB, it's a tradition that is obviously one of those unwritten traditions that just kind of happens. But after the National Anthem, when the players are standing on the side, you know, they have their ball caps off, they're standing there, National Anthem ends, everybody goes back into the dugout. Typically, one guy will stay from each team occasionally. And they will stand there and see who can stand there the longest. And it becomes a pride battle of just standing on the sidelines in the blazing sun or freezing cold and seeing who can outlast the other. Now, we're not talking superstars. This is usually like a pitcher on his off day or a relief pitcher who just pitched two days in a row. But their teams get so into it that they end up having people coming out like fanning them off. One guy will walk out with sunscreen. Somebody will bring him a drink. They'll bring him snacks. And they just stand there. It is absolutely hilarious to watch.
0: Well, you can't have that nowadays. You got to get the game on. You know what I'm saying? Got to speed everything up.
1: And that brings me to my hot take because it's not like the game stopped for that. So MLB absolutely hates this fun tradition. Anything fun that brings these guys. I mean, they are grown men playing a little kid game. They always say that baseball is what keeps you young. And the people who stop playing baseball get old. Well, all these guys are still playing baseball, still having fun, and still young at heart. So the same thing happened. The National Anthem ends, and this happened a couple days ago. National Anthem ends, two guys stay on the sidelines. Well, the umpire wasn't having it, immediately ejects both guys without even talking to them, and then the MLB went and fined both players.
0: I mean, I wish I could say that I'm surprised, but again, they won't get the game moving forward. Anybody that stops that, guess what? You're in trouble. I mean, they're stopping fans from giving people standing ovations unless they give the league 48-hour notice. You really think they're going to stand for this? Uh Uh-uh.
1: It is so stupid, especially the fines. So take all this away for a second. If an umpire wants to eject you, whether it's dumb or not, fine. Let the umpire do what they're going to do. They are kind of running the game at that point. But... Even if I disagree with it, that's fine. When the league starts fining people for doing stupid things that they were just trying to have fun, why are you fining guys for standing on the sidelines for a little bit extra time and then getting ejected?
0: Again, it's all about time. They think if they get the game moving forward, they will get more viewers.
1: Well, they are wrong. MLB, you suck. Stop trying to rush the games. Stop taking the fun out of baseball. Because without fun, baseball truly does suck. And I love baseball. It's my dang favorite sport. But it's favorite because it's fun and there's strategy. And when you take strategy out of it with banning the shift, you take strategy out of it with adding a pitch clock, you take fun out of it by not letting the players be themselves and start fining them for everything, guess what? There's no fun in baseball, and baseball sucks.
0: Well said. I mean, it's really dumb because it's not like they're going to be standing there for two hours. Like, how long are they going to be standing there? A couple minutes?
1: I'm not even sure if one has lasted until the first pitch. (laughs) Like, this is
0: before the game starts. Exactly. But, like we talked about, MLB, got to get everything moving forward. (laughs) Hurry, hurry, hurry. Let's go, let's go, let's go.
1: All right, I better wrap this up before I get fined by MLB for taking too long. That's it for today. Love us, hate us, it don't matter. We're just being real.